Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. TangiboundNetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, the bad boys are back. A concerning trend of game delays. And it's time once again for a TV update. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, the Lakers Fast Break, and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Thank you so much for listening to all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He's our own bad boy of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com, his awesome podcast, Topic Ocalypse, and of course his book, which you got to get now, Congratulations, You Suck. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. Bad boys, bad boys. What you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you, Josh? That would be assuming people actually do come for them, like in the movie theaters. You know, they come to watch the movie. It's, uh, I'm curious to hear what those box office numbers are. Well, there might actually be some decent box office numbers for the movie when Bad Boys 3 comes out this weekend on a Martin Luther King Jr. holiday weekend. So we're hoping for good numbers for that movie. I know I was speaking to Troy from one of our latest networks that we're going to be on, Discover Community Radio. I want to give him a big shout out. He was saying maybe we're a little bit too tepid on its long-term prognostications. I'm I'm thinking that maybe it will do well, but we're going to go ahead and talk about that in a minute as far as Bad Boys 3 for this weekend. We're also going to talk about Doolittle with Robert Downey Jr. And it's going to be something that's little, but we'll talk about that here in a second as well. Plus, we've got Jessica Boggs from the TVRatingsGuide.com. She's coming up here in a bit with part one of her January TV update. Also as well, we've got not one, not two, but again, three great interviews from Pepcom and CES 2020, along with my good friend, Mr. Jamie Monroy of GameSource. We interviewed the great folks at One More, JLab Audio, and Puro Sound, and we're going to hear from them on today's show as well. Plus, at the back end, Josh and I are going to talk about a disturbing trend among video games already set for this new decade. But first, my friend, it is the movies coming out this weekend at the box office. It is probably going to be most likely led by Bad Boys 3, which has that nostalgia factor on high. 
about 18 years after the last Bad Boys movie that came out. This one centers around both Will Smith and, and Martin Lawrence with the characters close to retirement, but still in the process of trying to go ahead and stop one more bad guy before they do. Although rumors have it, if you watch the movie, that may set up for something in the future as well. So I want to hear your thoughts, Matt, on Bad Boys 3. Were we a little bit too hard on it on our last opinions when we talked about our last impressions of Bad Boys 3? I don't know. I think that we were honest about it. We were not optimistic about it, but I don't think we were saying it was going to fail. We said it's just judging by you know, previous attempts at making movies based on like movies from the 90s. I think that's what we're basing our, our things on. Because the original was 25 years ago. It's looking to do right around 40 to 45 million for the four day weekend. I'm hoping it will do that well. It'll be a decent sign for the box office. Might not turn a profit though, because it does have a $90 million price tag as far as from a production standpoint before any marketing, advertising, or anything else comes in there. So worldwide, it would have to probably do between 325, 350 million before you can say it's going to turn a profit on that movie. But I'm hoping for some good things. At least a good start would be something special for it. The reviews are actually decent, getting between six and sevens out there. So it's not doing too badly. More than half of the reviewers that are seeing it are enjoying it. And then also as well, they're giving it a decent score. So that could bode well for the movie this weekend at the box office. Plus, it's a type of film that a lot of audiences out there really kind of enjoy as, as a nice popcorn flick outside of the serious movies that they've probably been maybe hearing about with all the Golden Globes and Oscar contenders out there. This could be, as we, you and I talk about a lot, a nice little palate cleanser for them if they want to go ahead and check that out this weekend. So Bad Boys 3 could do pretty good at the box office. Again, looking about 40 to even maybe 50 million for the four-day weekend at the box office. So hopefully some decent things there for Martin Lawrence and also Will Smith. And you and I talked about it. Outside of Aladdin, Will Smith's career has not really gone well in the past few years, so this could be a good sign for him going forward to maybe rebirth his star status as a leading man. But there's another movie out there with a leading man that just came off of a big-time high in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's Robert Downey Jr., and this weekend also is the debut for Doolittle. I'll tell you what. This movie is being raked over the coals, and this could be one of the biggest busts, not only of this year, but of any year. It's about a $180 million production budget. It got delayed at least more than once, and it's got such a high ticket value and such poor ratings, a 28% around Metacritic and on 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's setting itself up to be a big disaster for Universal. Can I just say that I love how you introed this topic by like both hesitating and giggling about it at the same time. Like that really just gives me zero faith in this movie being good in any aspect. Well, you know, it's it's kind of like as we talked about before, as you and I like to drive by and we see the car crash, so we can't help but stare as we drive on by. Doolittle is probably a film version of a car crash that you're just going to go ahead and not watch now. You might hear about how big of a disaster it will be in the coming days because you're going to hear how much money it's going to lose over the course of time. But this movie, I guess, was just a cursed production from the get-go. A lot of reshooting, a lot of stuff that was being done after the fact. 
I know Robert Downey Jr., the most news that he's made in the promo work that he's done for Doolittle has been more about the Marvel Cinematic Universe than about Doolittle itself. So that tells you right there, everybody is not really caring about what Doolittle is all about. They're just caring about if Robert Downey Jr. will ever come back to Iron Man. And we know he's going to be doing some voice work for the What If series, but he's also hinted at if it was a right story coming back to the Iron Man character in another movie as well. So that was probably more interesting than the actual promo or any work that was done for Doolittle. So that tells you right there that Doolittle is setting itself to be one of the biggest disasters, not only of this year, but possibly this new decade as well. Okay. So let me ask you this. Obviously, you know, Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes films have been a huge success, right? I mean, maybe not. Those are pretty much the only ones that he's made that have been successful over the course of time. That's not MCU related. Correct. In that time frame, in this time frame. So do you think that the obsession with Iron Man, you know, are you going back to being Iron Man? One, I feel like he might have, he's now typecasted. Will he ever break out of that? I don't know. But do you think that this ruins the chance of making a successful ending to the Sherlock Holmes trilogy? No, I think he'll go back to it. And I think there will be a ending of this trilogy, whether or not it's with Guy Ritchie, but I think him and Jude Law will go back to it. I heard it's in some sort of development stage. I forget what, you know, at what point where it's at, but I think they are going to go back to it at some point with him and Jude Law and hopefully Guy Ritchie as well. Will it have that same magic the third time around? We're going to see. Sometimes it doesn't work, but sometimes with Bad Boys 3, it could work. So you don't know exactly where it will land. And that's a bigger issue, I think, for all these MCU actors is that we know them so much as far as being part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And outside of a couple hits here and there, there's been a big problem for a lot of these actors I mean, Chris Pratt has done well outside the MCU for the most part. Chris Evans with Knives Out has a big hit. I mean, there's there's very few exceptions right now, and it seems to be more the norm. We've talked about before at length about Chris Hemsworth and all the issues he's had doing movies outside of the MCU. Yeah, well, think about it this way. Like, these actors, a lot of people, a good percentage of people go to the movies, and they only go for these franchise films, right? They go to see the Marvel films, the Star Wars films, the Disney films, whatever they might be. So when an actor tries to go out and do something outside of that, it's not going to do so well, you know, because people don't really go see regular movies as often, you know, unless it's on Netflix. So I think you're kind of, when you break into the MCU, I'm sure even like Benedict Cumberbatch is going to have that problem, right? Uh, Outside of Sherlock, which is already, you know, highly developed as a franchise. I think that, if he goes out to do like regular films again, unless it's something that's, you know, an Oscar contender, I don't think that he's going to do as well as he once did. Well, Scarlett Johansson has not only one, but two Oscar nominations for Jojo Rabbit and Marriage Story, which probably will both turn a nice side to a little profit. Are they going to end up being box office champions? No. And that's something that she has also had to deal with as well. This, fact that uh, you know she's had some movies that haven't done as well as projected trying to bank off her success in the MCU but again critically she's had some great choices and we're seeing it now with being one of the few individuals out there that has ever earned a double nomination within the same year so kudos to her on that but as I told you and Jamie earlier this week I was venting hard on some of the Oscar nominations 
and some things that were really very disappointing to me as far as the way it was structured this year. So I've got a lot of things I would love to say, but we'll do that closer to the actual Oscars itself, because there's a lot of things you want to say about the Oscar nominations, but a lot of it was already said on social media this week. But it is going to be a decent weekend for the box office here on Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. What are your thoughts out there on Bad Boys 3? Are you going to check that movie out? Or are you going to check out the impending disaster known as Doolittle? We'd love to hear your thoughts on that or any other movie that you want to check out this weekend. We'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback on how your movie experience was. Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. We're coming up next, Jamie Monroy from GameSource and myself. We're going to go ahead and interview Tyler Runyon of One More at Pepcom at CES 2020 right after the break. And then right after that, it's Jessica Boggs from the TVRatingsGuide.com. She's got our January TV update. And don't forget, we've got Alex Silverman of Puro Sound, Ben Nichols of JLab Audio. Those interviews are on tap as well from Pepcon and CMES during the course of the show. And on the back end, Josh and I are going to talk about some of the game delays and why that trend is happening right about now. This is the PCC Multiverse. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break Podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and we're back once again with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald coming right at you here. We are at the One More booth. That's right, the One More booth, and we're here with Tyler Runyon of One More. I've reviewed their products in the past and have good experiences with it, but you know what? It's now Pepcom, it's now CS 2020, a new decade, and I know One More has a lot of new things to say, so Tyler, tell us what's going on with One More. Yeah, so we're very excited to announce our newest flagship headphone, the True Wireless ANC. It features a hybrid active noise cancellation design, so it's one feed forward and one feedback microphone on the inside and the outside of the earbud. We also include an additional microphone for ENC, which stands for Environmental Noise Cancellation. So if you're in a loud environment like this, you need to be on a phone call. It'll help block out a lot of the outside noises. It also has a hybrid acoustic dual driver design. So one dynamic driver and one more patented balanced armature. Together, they deliver a very crisp and detailed sound quality, even with ANC on. Um, one more utilizes Qualcomm's QCC3034 chipset for Bluetooth 5. It's also compatible with Aptex and AAC, so essentially you're getting the best wireless audio quality possible whether you use Android or iPhone. On the back of each earbud is a multi-functional button that controls volume, song selection, phone calls, and voice assistance. On the outside is a G sensor. You can double tap this filter between different levels of active noise cancellation and pass-through. Level 1 will cancel out noises up to 35 dB. Great for if you're on a plane and you have that low frequency airplane engine. Um, level 2 will cancel out noises up to 20 dB, great for metro. And level 3 is pass-through, so it'll let in environmental sounds around you, so you can stay aware of your surroundings. This will retail for $199.99. Oh, and the case. So the case allows for portable charging. The battery on a single charge will be 6 hours without ANC, 5 hours with ANC, 
total battery life will be around 22 to 18 hours, depending if ANC is on or off. Um, like I mentioned earlier, it's available for pre-order now on Walmart.com, and we're officially selling this product uh, at the end of January. And that seems like a great addition to the line that you've had out already. Like I said, I've, I've been able to go ahead as far as from the, either the, the earbuds to plug in, with, with the, as far as that I've seen in the past that you've worked with the Bluetooth technology there or with the collar that goes around the collar. Reviewed both those and had a very pleasurable experiences with it. Looks like something that a lot of people would be interested in as well, especially at the price point. And I know a lot of people are getting more into that, especially when you're talking about battery life, but also as well with the microphone, because when you need those right there, when you use those, those have a tendency for other brands and other makes and models of a similar nature. The microphone does not pick up very well, so people can't hear you, like you're saying, when you're in a crowded environment. Like Pepcom at CES 2020, you can't hear a word people are saying to you if they're, if they're trying to call you. So that's definitely something that to look forward to, and that's really interesting. Jamie, did you have any thoughts on that? I really like, is that a carbon? So it's a carbon fiber aesthetic. We use a tri-layer construction. The base layer is an ABPCS plastic with a carbon fiber texture and then a PC plastic that gives it that nice shiny texture that you see on the outside. Yeah, that's a really sleek look. I like the way it looks. Uh, I like all the options. I'm looking for a pre-order actually. There you go. And like, like I was telling you, with the one more name, it's been something that I know a lot of people have been interested in. We got a lot of you know, viewers and listeners when I also reported the reviews on the radio that they were very interested in the product itself. Where can people find, like you're talking about, with, outside of the One More website, is that the place where you want people to go to find out more information on, or are there other avenues you know, that also retail a product like this? So currently, all information will be available on Walmart.com. We will also officially launch this product on all channels starting January 28th, so Amazon.com, Best Buy, Sam's Club. Um, but if you want to learn about this product right now, go to OneMore.com. Okay, fair enough, OneMore.com. Jamie, any last questions on it? Because I see all the great stuff that you have here at CES and Pepcom and all that, but do you have any questions before we head on out? My questions were all going to be geared toward what he brought over here. I was already looking when we were waiting, and he went where I wanted to go. Uh, it looks fabulous indeed. Like I said, very sleek, very stylish. We're going to show some pictures on our social media and definitely show that out to our consumer audience as well. You know, Tyler, I just cannot thank you enough for taking the time to speaking to us today at the Bob Culture Cosmos. Any last thoughts on the way out from one more? No last thoughts, Gerald. Jamie, thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for being part of it. And also as well, we cannot thank you enough for all the things you've done as far as the great products that you've shown to us before in the past and now going on right here at Pepcom and CES 2020 right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks for joining us once again on the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. And yes, it's that time around again. A lot of things going on right now in the world of television. And here to talk to me today about what's going on in that world is my good friend. She is the lead writer for the TVRatingsGuide.com. You got to check out what she's doing right there. All the stuff that she's doing in regards to ratings, stories, reviews, analysis, and so much more. Plus, she also has her podcast, Jessica's Show. So you got to check that out today on Anchor when you get the chance as well. It is my good friend, Miss Jessica Boggs. And Jessica, happy new year to you and a blessed one for you and the family. Happy new year to you too. There's a lot of stuff going on. 
This might actually lead into two episodes. So I just want to let you know right now because we have so much news packed all at one time. A lot of announcements being made, a lot of renewals, some cancellations, but more renewals and, and also stuff that's being ordered to series right now because right now is an important time for the television studios that are out there and streaming studios because the television critics associations are meeting in Los Angeles right now. And that's an important time of the year for a lot of these networks to go ahead and announce in front of them what's going on for their networks and all that. So I want to hear your thoughts. But first, before we go into all that, I did want to mention, I think I sent this over to you about last month, that the final outcome as far as ratings overall, CBS has regained its viewership lead over NBC. So they are now, once again, the most watched broadcast network overall. That's been a change like over the past month now that CBS has remained pretty steady while some of the other networks have pretty much collapsed. And yeah, that's something that I've noticed as well. And NBC has not maintained the strong ratings. Plus, there's also a couple shows, including The Good Place, which have a you know future that everybody knows is already destined to end in the near future. So that means that the outlook for NBC long term is not going to be quite as strong. And now that they're number two once again, and they're looking up to CBS, they got to go back to the drawing board and come up with some other innovative ideas or other great shows that they want to go ahead and produce. Maybe they can go ahead back to the drawing board and find more This Is Us and and other success stories that they've had over the past couple of years, which helped them gain that number one status for a couple of year time. I think like Fox right now has been doing okay minus the Wednesday lineup. And if we know this, because the entire Wednesday lineup was basically pulled from the schedule and then banished to Saturdays after they both scored a player of point threes. Their last airings, which was on my birthday yesterday, did a point four and a point three before their final two episodes are set to air on Saturdays. Flirty Dancing on January 22nd and Almost Family will be in mid to late February. Well, belated happy birthday to you. Congratulations on that. But, you know, it was also for my daughter as well. So she uh, uh, definitely, uh, for those January 15ers out there, happy birthday that uh, just came by. But I will tell you when it comes to Fox, they're the wild card in this situation because not only the fact that they've got stuff that they can now rely on that have garnered a large audience, with The Mass Singer, they announced that they have a spinoff coming up as well. So there's a lot of stuff going on at Fox. So they could be the wild card in this situation. So maybe this time next year, we could talk about CBS tangling with Fox for that number one spot. Correct. Moving on, like with Last Man Standing, I think with the Wednesday lineup being overshadowing the Last Man Standing's return being at point eight, and then Deputy right now like a point seven, though... That's the week two results. The week one results show that Last Man Standing returned to a 1.0. Deputy was at a 0.8. And it's pretty interesting how Deputy apparently is retaining Last Man Standing pretty well, especially with the week two results. Next week, you have Nama One Lone Star premiering next week after football. And then they'll have repeats. Uh, the first two episodes on Wednesday. I mean, there's a lot of changes going on right now. This is kind of like where the television season is kind of like in flux with stuff that's being announced, 
shows that are actually coming onto the air that are debuting for other faltering shows. I mean, it just it's, it's a great time for act for viewers because they get to see a whole sampling of, of things that they like and that things that they may like coming up down the road. When we move on to CBS, it is clear that the steady player, Bob Hartsavishela, is holding on its own and has emerged as one of the strongest, if not the strongest, 30 comedies this season on that network. While The Unicorn and Carol's second act are trending down in the rankings, Bob went up to a point eight in recent episodes. In the drama department, you see FBI Most Wanted held really well in week two, despite FBI's downtick. And you see Hawaii Five-0 and Magnum PI trended up after their crossover and looked better in recent weeks. Has and Hawaii Five-0 helped out uh, Magnum PI enough that you think long-term it might have a chance to stick around? I think right now is they definitely looked better than in the fall, but I would still wait and see type thing because with the merger, you never know which shows are going to be tacked into the development stage. Well, it definitely is very interesting to see what CBS has to offer. I know you and I have criticized CBS at length in regards to the quality of the shows, but there's no arguing now about the popularity of most of their shows because those procedural one-hour dramas and those formulaic 30-minute sitcoms that they have that seem to follow each other, seem to almost like connect the dots, in the, so to speak, they're working. I mean, it's helped them regain the number one spot. And I think that's what counts. They know their audience at CBS. They were able to go ahead and stick to it. Their audience skews, I think, a little bit older than some of the other networks. So in that case, I think it helped them out long-term, you know, when NBC grabbed that audience for a little bit, but then, you know, they CBS stuck to what it's good at. And instead of trying to just change everything around, like you and I were calling for, they stuck to it. And now they're once again, number one. So I give them kudos for doing that. I still think their best programming is on CBS All Access, especially with Picard coming out. Discovery's been a great hit for them. They've also got other great shows there. The Good Fight that I think has been getting a lot of acclaim on the CBS All Access Network. Sometimes I think that it would be in their best service to go ahead during the summer and put those shows on the air on CBS. But then again, that's just my thinking right there. But I know that, that there's a lot of other thinking the other way around. Exactly. When we move on to NBC, we saw the ratings for the preview of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist which was like a 0.6. It's weak ratings after a solid lead-in, a 0.6 to be exact, while a 0.6 on a Friday at 8 p.m. is decent for new show Lincoln Rhyme Hunt for the Bone Collector. And on the general rule, Friday shows are typically renewed with 20 to 30% lower ratings than Sunday to Thursday shows. It is that time of the year in January where the Television Critics Association does go ahead and they, they hold these meetings and they hold these conferences over the course of a two-week period where there's a lot of announcements made. I know that on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page and also several outlets, including the TVRatingsGuide.com, there's a lot of broadcast networks out there, streaming networks and so much more that are announcing shows that are being ordered to series. There's also a lot of shows that are being announced as being renewed and things of that nature. In fact, the CW coming off of its great 
great, great, great performance with Crisis of Infinite Earths has now gone ahead and renewed every show except for Katie King. 13 of them that's on the network that wasn't a final season order. Yes, and that includes every single lineup and all the veteran mid-season shows. Okay, and that's something that I guess, sorry to Katie King, but there's still a lot of shows that need to be lauded on the CW. We always talk about their low ratings and always have a good laugh over them, but they have gained a little bit of momentum. Obviously, Crisis of Infinite Earths has been a big win for them. Katie Keene, of course, is still undetermined. I'm, I've just checked on that. So thank you for that update there, Jessica. But Crisis of Infinite Earths, with its big cameo of Ezra Miller, tying in possibly the DCEU with the DC TVU. So that's funny how that's going to be happening. I want to talk to Josh about that. I know more in the future about this. But I want to ask you right now, when it comes to what's going on with the CW, they did renew 13 different series, and you said one is still in flux with Katie Keene. Do you think that this was a wise move to renew all 13 shows because of the fact that there are such limited expectations at the CW? I think it's a little bit of a mixed bag, although there are rumblings of a writer's strike that's going on, so I feel like that's a smart move in preparing for next year, although I don't know if it will work long-term, personally. But there's still going to be a lot to look forward to for CW fans. It helps get them into that mode where they know that they can get behind a show. And I think in that sense, I think it's good. I don't know if it's going to build an audience to any kind of level that's comparative to the other networks. But you know what? I think the Crisis of Infinite Earths was a step in the right direction. It allowed people to go ahead and get familiar with the other DC shows, let's say they just watched Flash and they didn't watch any Supergirl or anything else, they now got a taste of all these other shows and these other pretty cool programs in the DC universe that they can go ahead and now watch and hopefully get into. So hopefully that will lead to residual returns next fall when all those seasons, or even right after here, the winter break and all these shows come on once again and do their own thing. We're coming up next, Jamie Monroy from Game Source and myself. We're going to go ahead and interview Alex Silverman of Pure Sound at Pepcom at CES 2020 right after the break. And then right after that, it's Jessica Boggs from the TVRatingsGuide.com. And don't forget, we've got Ben Nichols of JLab Audio. And on the back end, Josh and I are going to talk about some of the game delays and why that trend is happening right about now. This is the PCC Multiverse. Get ready for Box Art, a gaming docuseries from Pyre Productions and Rob McCallum Films. If you love video games, chances are there's a box cover or cover image that you love and has stuck with you for decades. In our series, Box Art, we travel across North America to visit with the unknown illustrators and artists responsible for creating the most iconic gaming images of all time. What was once scheduled to be a 90-minute documentary is now a six-episode season packed with unbelievable tales that paint a picture of the gaming industry you've never imagined. Just one of the many pop culture projects from Rob McCallum, Empire Productions. All right, and we're back right here at Pepcom CES 2020. I like those numbers, 2020. Once again, this is Gerald Glasser along with Jamie Monroy and Alex Silverman. He's here with Puro Sound Labs. Puro Sound Labs got a lot of great things going on. Our site has done a lot of reviews over the years on headsets. Some have been not so good, and some have been really good. 
So what makes Bureau Sound Lab stand out with all the stuff that you got displayed here at PEPCON? Well, I'm glad you asked, Gerald. Bureau Sound Labs is the safe, premium offering for kids, teens, and adults. All of our headsets are volume limited at 85 decibels. The safe threshold set by the World Health Organization for listening to personal audio up to eight hours a day. With personal audio becoming more prevalent in day-to-day -day life, kids are listening to iPads, on computers, playing video games. The dangers of damaging your hearing permanently increase exponentially. And they're saying that our generation is going to have the hearing of 70-year-olds at 50. So what we did is we strove to come out with a premium audio product for kids, teens, and adults that gives you peace of mind that you're not going to damage your hearing while enjoying your music, audiobooks, or gameplay. I sincerely wish you had been around when I started listening to headphones back in my Sony Walkman in the 80s. I'm now 50, and I have the hearing of a 93-year-old. But let's not go there. Jamie, did you have any questions before? Because I've got some questions for him about the whole line that we're seeing here at PepCon. What? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The 93-year-old joke. Well, we both have teenagers running around the house, to let do. you know. So, so, I mean, he hit it right on the head, you know. Tablets all day long. 12-year-old's on her tablet. If she's not on that, she's playing Fortnite. You know, constantly something on her ears or in her ear. So, knowing that she'd be safe doing so, a little more calming to me than just going, hey, here, go for it, and watching her blow her eardrums out or something, because, you know, Fortnite gets loud. And that's one of the things I want to ask you, because not every headset, Bluetooth, gaming headset, or, or numerable amount of headsets in the marketplace, but not every one of them goes ahead and shuts it off at a certain decibel level. And so I want to hear your thoughts on what type of active technology really drives the Puro Sound Labs whole line forward in order to go ahead and do that. Yeah, Gerald. So the majority of headsets out in the market, they can go up to anywhere from 95 to 105 decibels, which very minimal time period during that volume output can damage your hearing. And once you damage that hearing, it's gone forever. You're not fixing that. So what we do is we implement a DSP, a digital signal processor, that restricts the output of volume to keep it under 85 decibels. And let's say you are on a plane and you want to plug in the headphone or if your headphone dies, we include a volume limiter cable which reduces the electrical output to the headset so that you can only go so loud. So like Jamie was saying, you can't trust your child to not raise the headphones when you're not looking. What we do is we provide that peace of mind that parents can go, go about their day and know that their kids are safe. We, we want to make sure that we provide a high quality audio product, no gimmicks, no stickers, no plastics. We use high quality materials, high quality audio at a safe output to really give you the full package of a professional level audio product for kids. And the great thing about this is we're debuting our new adult products, the Puro Pro Active Noise Canceling Over Your Headphone and the Puro Sport Bone Conduction Headphone. So with the 85 decibel output, it's got the 95 decibel upgrade if you already damaged your hearing and 85 doesn't work for you, but still gives you that peace of mind that you aren't going to continue to damage your hearing like the majority of other headphones can provide. And that's one of the things I wanted to ask you, continuing on that, and that's great that it has those features for people such as myself who probably have lost a little bit of their hearing over the course of time because they didn't take care of their ears properly and also wants to protect their kids as well. Like, for instance, we just came back from a flight, six-hour flight from Orlando. We did have those issues, you know, with type of headphones, you know, putting it too loud, what have you. But I know with a lot of people is also sound quality and price points. And I know that's something you get asked a lot as far as from Puro Sound Labs is concerned. So what are the things that you can say to our consumer audience out there about those aspects as well? 
So, you know, when we when we started Pure Sound Labs, we started it because our founder's daughter, Nikki, damaged her hearing listening to a brand that will not be named, but way too loud. So our founder, Dave Russell, using his consumer electronics background, scoured the market and found that there were no premium audio products for kids. So he took it upon himself to create one. We implement only the highest quality aluminum materials, durable, lightweight. All of our products come with a one-year manufacturer warranty. We stand behind it. We worked with a sound engineer, Dr. Sean Oliver, to trademark our Puro Balance Response Curve. What's great about this is it optimizes sound quality at lower volume levels, reduces the need to jack up the volume to hear the little nuances of any audio, which then gives you a safer listening experience. That, coupled with our volume limiting technology, gives you a, a full immersive experience of a premium three, $400 product at a price point for children that is not only reasonable, but gives, like I said, gives you that peace of mind that you are protecting and having the high quality audio that you need. And I see the line that you got here today, it really looks good. And like you said, this is a line that's now focusing not only on teenagers and kids and whatnot, but also on adults as well. Yes, sir. So, you know, the last couple of years we've been focusing on, you know, kids and teens. We felt that with personal audio becoming so prevalent in day-to-day -day life, we wanted to come out with something for, you know, that 16 plus age range and adults. We've got our Puro Pro that comes with 28 hours of battery life, two active noise canceling level settings at 33 decibels and 22 decibels. High quality audio, super comfortable at a price point that is extremely reasonable. So, you know, we're super excited to debut our adult products and provide the Puro experience for all ages. Jamie, any last questions? So I was curious, going back to something you said earlier about the 95 decibel option, if you already, now let's say you don't know how damaged your ears are. Is the 95 decibel difference gonna damage them any further if you're not sure? So we always strive to start with the 85 decibel. The 95 is for, let's say you're listening to a podcast or something that's a little bit less aggressive that maybe you need because you're on a plane, it's a little bit louder environment, you need that higher volume. We strictly stress 85 decibels as the safe threshold, up to eight hours. The, the, the scary thing is you go up 10 decibels and it's 50 minutes you start to damage your hearing. So you gotta be really careful about how loud and how long you listen into your audio products and that's why we strive 85 decibels as the threshold. Well, that says enough to me. I know I'm gonna look into more product that they have just so Jennifer, my daughter, doesn't blow her eardrums out playing Fortnite because that's where I hear her getting the loudest. And the old man as well. What? Yep, there you go. Also, my children, 11 and 14, they also would need these as well, and that's great to hear. Where can people go to find out more about, like, like you were talking about, the great price point and all the great line of products you have for Puro Sound Labs? We're selling on Amazon, but we say go to our website, purosound.com. That's the best place to find out more to learn more and to get these great products. Oh, sounds good, sounds good indeed. Any last thoughts? Thanks for coming by, appreciate it. Once again, it's Alex Silverman right here at the Puro Sound Labs at Pepcom. Thanks for joining us so much right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks, Gerald, thanks, Jamie, appreciate it. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Once again, it's Jessica Boggs from the TVRatingsGuide.com. You gotta check out what she's doing there in regards to all of her work and all of her stuff that's going on in the world of television. And what she does a lot of things in regards to analysis, ratings, reviews, 
and so much more original scripts, which you got to check out for shows that they do right there at the tvraiseguide.com. It is Jessica Boggs at the tvraiseguide.com. You also got to check out her show, Jessica's show, which you can check out on Anchor today. But I want to ask you this when it comes to what's going on with the other networks. I mean, I know you said ABC had a lot of issues and you know there's a lot of disarray right now. But is there any hope that ABC can pull it all together? At this point in the comedy department, maybe as long as it stays stable. However, the drama department, it remains to be seen. Emergence dropped a series low of a 0.3 on Tuesday. And Stumptown dropping to a 0.3 at the 10.30 half hour, despite averaging a 0.4 for the entire episode. Stumptown has proven to be of the debut shows that are on the networks that are out there. I think Stumptown is clearly, to me, one of the best shows that have come out this season. But I feel like outside of Jeopardy and the reality shows, and it looks like which of the point sevens in the sitcoms, like it's a mixed bag in the comedy department. As long as it stays stable, I think that's that's right. It, you know, you've got a lot of issues with you know what's going on with ABC again. There's a lot of state of flux when it comes to not only the program but what goes up in the hierarchy at ABC. I know that they've had a changeover in the in the high up as far as within that realm. And I know even Disney has laid more influence with ABC. And ABC and Marvel are now talking about a possible superhero series to ABC as well. And now you just recently got like news that you got American Housewife moving from Fridays to Wednesdays. I do want to ask you when it comes to what's been announced, all these reboots. I mean, Walker, Texas Rangers, Superman and Lois, Punky Brewster. I thought I got rid of the 80s 40 years ago. It's coming back to haunt me. The 90s are still coming out now as well as far as renewals. What's going on with all these renewals? I feel like, honestly, there's not that many original scripts. But even with the reboots, they are trying to do like a supposed fresh take. Kind of like a new twist for new Walker fans or new, new Superman and Lois fans or new Punky Brewster. Okay. Punky Brewster becomes a hit for Peacock as far as the streaming service is concerned, because that's where it's headed and saved by the bell and all these other properties from the nineties and eighties that seemingly all these streaming services of these networks have now trying to garner and all that. It is just very interesting to see all these shows that are getting greenlit for reboots and, I don't know if any are going to work, but I am saying right now that if they are going to work, they're probably going to work in a streaming format as opposed to a broadcast format because you have seen firsthand with all these reboots that have come to broadcast networks with very, very few exceptions have basically just been a bad idea from the get-go. So putting it on a streaming format, I think, is a much more sound idea and you're, you're right, HBO Max, uh, you know, that's on the way. With uh, they, they have a lot to go ahead and talk about there. I know the head of HBO Max was talking about a Friends reboot and talking about a Friends reunion, but he said nothing is on the table as of yet. Yeah, they can do all the selfies together that they want, but nothing is as solid and in place yet. Basically a maybe. 
at this point in time, which I know a lot of people don't want to hear, but I don't know if it's ever going to come to fruition. I think at some point money will talk enough for friends and HBO Max, especially if they want to go ahead and make a big imprint because they do have the libraries of friends and, and uh, some other stuff as well. That's really going to make HBO Max a player in the industry. But in order to go ahead and get that friends reunion, I think they'll finally pony up enough cash to go ahead and get this done. And at some point we will see a friends reunion. And children's show Sesame Street moving from regular HBO to HBO Max. In addition, yeah, you're right. With the Sesame Street issues as well, yes, it's still going to be on PBS, but it's going to be still on a delayed format, which, uh, you know, the, the issue of PBS at some point, I know a lot of people have been talking about maybe the end of PBS should come around with so many different networks and so many different options out there. I think that's a bigger question for another day. I want to actually ask that now. You know, at some point in time, I do want to hear your thoughts on the PBS question to see if it's still something viable in today's marketplace. And that's something I know we can talk about at another point in time. But once again, it is Jessica Boggs from the TVRaisedGuy.com. Check out her show today, Jessica's show, where she talks about a lot of things going on in the TV world, pop culture, and so much more. It's Jessica's show on Anchor Podcasts. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. And we are back once again at Pepcom and CES 2020. We're here at JLab Audio. They've got a lot of great things going on right here. And here today with me is? Hi, I'm Ben Nichols. Uh, I'm the photographer here at JLab. Uh, yeah, so we're here showing our product, uh, the Go Air. So we're launching those right here, right now at CES. Uh, they're going to be available in March in retailer online, Amazon, everywhere. Uh, and so these guys are the next level from our favorite JBuds Air, which was the number one true wireless under $100, still is. These Go Airs are going to be $30. Uh, they're going to come in four colors, white, black, uh, navy blue, and an army green. And you're going to love them. They're 20 hours total. Uh, battery life, five hours in the earbud with three extra charges, IPX4, touch control, touch sensors, and they're sleek and they're slim. So if our JBuds Air didn't fit you before, the Go Airs will. They're 20% smaller and you're going to love them. That's what I noticed because as someone who reviews a lot of earbuds over the course of time in the past couple of years, I've actually, you know, as the marketplace has exploded with earbuds galore, and had a chance to try several different options, I don't always find the right fit. So hearing that with what's going on with your True Wireless definitely sounds like it's something that could be very interesting not only to myself, but also our, our listeners as well, because I know finding that right fit is of great paramount importance when you're using the, the wireless earbuds like you've got with the Go Air. Absolutely, yeah. We really focus on finding your right fit. Uh, and so we don't have just one style as well. You know, we have uh, our, our Airs, our exec, uh, our sport uh, styles, which sometimes fit different ears, different uh, different head shapes. And so again, we're going with a smaller earbud here because we've heard some of those complaints that, that people aren't uh, adjusting well to the JBuds Air or anything else that we have. And we ship everything with three different ear tips, a small, a medium, large, 
Um, and we also have uh, some cloud foam for purchase as an extra. So again, we, we really focus on, on just that, is finding the right fit for each individual. What about the mic as far as, you know, when you're using it, getting a call from my mom, let's say, or whatnot, in a crowded environment like this, how does it stack up as far as the GoAir True Wireless or any of the JLab audio products? Mm -hmm. So again, that, that differs with our products, but the GoAir specifically have dual mics, dual mem mics, so they're going to sound fantastic. Uh, and they're dual connect as well, so you can just use one earbud at a time. If you want to use the left, just the right, you can do that. They work individually, uh, and that's why with both mics they'll work individually. But you also have stereo calling, so these are going to sound fantastic for you and the person that you're talking to. Jamie, anything on? So four colors, smaller than the previous model. Sounds like you might have done some homework as far as other products comparable on the market as it is at that price point. Is that Would that be safe to say? I, I think these are better than anything else at that price point in the market right now. Um, we have not cut quality anywhere in making these. We've changed the design a little bit. Uh, we've changed the case a little bit. But these are going to be just as good as everything else that we make. Sounds good. I mean, I know there's a lot out there, and you know, like Gerald said, the market's getting—I don't want to say saturated, but it's getting to the point where you know you have more than just a set little few of options now. It's and, competitive now. Yeah, yeah it's definitely I mean, competitive. If you can come in at that price point and you know do what you're doing, that's amazing for a lot of people out there. Because I know I don't want to spend $149 on a pair of earbuds. It's just not always in the you know. Yeah, so we're here for those people that want to get into True Wireless and that don't want to spend $150, $200. You can buy eight of these for the new for the new Pro models and get one in every color, match it to your outfit, do whatever you want. We're here to get more people into the True Wireless game. Now, uh, what I want to ask is, it's, like I said, it's very impressive, really colorful. I like the fact that to different styles, like you said, different sizes for different ears. Where can people find more information about the JLab products, especially when it comes to the GoAir True Wireless? Yeah, so follow us on all our social medias. It'll be at JLab Audio. Um, go to our website, it's jlabaudio.com. You can search for the GoAirs there. You'll see them on our homepage. And again, these are coming out in March, so look for them then. Uh, look for them there in retailers, online, Amazon, anywhere, JLab Audio. Oh, very impressive. Jamie and Les Um my springtime is going to be really expensive from what I'm hearing tonight. So I'm looking forward to it. That price point you really can't beat for the quality that they're giving to available for everybody. Well, you didn't have to go ahead and take him literally at buying eight of them. <laughs> well, that, Whatever he, he wants to do, it's fine. Whatever he wants to do. You said match him to every outfit, Gerald. I have to accessorize. We just truly cannot thank you enough for taking the time for speaking to us today right here at the JLab Audio Go Air True Wireless right here. It's, it's, I tell you what, people becoming left and right at it, and I got it. I just had to see what it's all about when it comes to JLab Audio and Go Air True Wireless. Cannot thank you enough for being a part of the Pop Culture Cosmos today. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Thank you for your time again. Right here, Jamie Monroy, Gerald Glassford at CES, Pepcom, and CES 2020. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. My friend, before we head on out, I want to thank Tyler Runyon of One More, Alex Silverman of Pure Sound, Ben Nichols of JLab Audio, and of course, Jessica Boggs from the TV Ratings Guide, and also Jessica's show for her January TV update, Part 1. She's also going to be back on the Pop Culture Cosmos show on Monday with Part 2 of her January TV update. But before we head on out, I want to go ahead and note as well what's come up during the course of our recording, and that's some news that Better Call Saul was 
approved for a sixth and final season, and more speculation on the Watchmen TV series for HBO that right now, according to the higher-ups at HBO, that is probably because of the fact that showrunner Damon Lindelof is not interested in continuing the series, unfortunately may not see a second season for that. So that's kind of disappointing right there for you. Any thoughts on that, Josh? I better call Saul or The Watchmen? As for Watchmen, it really does surprise me because they picked up a lot of momentum going into the end of the, the first season. So Damon Lindelof, like I'm, I'm curious if there were like restrictions placed on the source material, what it was that after finishing that first season so strong would make him want to not make another season. Was something else offered to him or what was what's going on there? But, you know, you think even if he didn't want to do it, there would be plenty of others that would be eager to pick up the mantle after him. What are your thoughts on that? You're right. There is something there because he has all the cachet to walk into HBO's offices and say, you know what, I want another season of Watchmen. And, you know, instantly he gets it because of the fact that it's been so popular and it's garnered such acclaim and it's been well thought of around all pop culture circles at this point in time. So it's up to Damon Lindelof. I think maybe some time away, maybe we'll go ahead and rejuvenate the juices right there going for another season of The Watchmen. But last but not least, before we head on out, my friend, I wanted to talk to you real quick about some game delays. I know you've been hearing it in the news this past week. The Final Fantasy VII Remake got bumped. The Avengers got bumped. And Cyberpunk 2077, which a lot of people have been looking towards to, that got bumped. The Cyberpunk and the Avengers are now been pushed back from the spring to September. And Final Fantasy VII's been pushed back a month. But... Your thoughts on all these game delays and a disturbing trend? I mean, we saw it towards the end of 2019 when some of the games projected for this year, like The Last of Us 2, were also bumped. I want to hear your thoughts on, on these game delays and what it means for us gamers and what it means for also the industry as well. I have a few thoughts on this. One, I, I think that these companies are pushing it mighty close to the release of the new consoles. So my, you know, I keep wondering, like, is anybody going to care? Because what Cyberpunk got pushed back to September, uh, Final Fantasy got pushed back to April, Avengers also got pushed back to September, if I remember correctly. That's cutting it really close. You know, around that time, a lot of people are going to be saving up for these new consoles, for these new gaming experiences. So my hope would be that these three big releases are going to also be released in some form on these next-gen consoles. But, you know, from the developer's point of view, I, I'm wondering if, like, they're fearing the backlash of, you know, like a, a Rockstar, right? How they faced angry internet people over the fact that, you know, there's reports of burnout. Same thing with, you know, Telltale, right? They, the rumors are they shut down because there's a lot of burnout and a lot of bad publicity. I'm curious if these companies are fearing facing that same type of thing. But if not, if they're just trying to make a better quality game, I can commend that. But... At the same time, I think it's foolish to announce a release date, you know, almost a year ahead of your projected release date. A lot of companies can wait like three to six months before the game comes out to finally announce a release date. So maybe they overshot what they're trying to get to, and now they're kind of afraid of what the backlash might be. But right now, even you look at what the internet is, the backlash is already getting pretty bad. So I, I don't know. Like, I don't think there's any, like, safe spot to do something like that and if you make a release date you should stick to it and if you're not sure you're going to be able to put out a quality product by then if you think that burnout's going to be an issue then you shouldn't make any release date announcements until you're within three months of your goal i agree with you my friend on that 100 percent. because i think these companies still have the same mindset that they did back in 2010 2011 
even earlier than that, where pre-ordering was such a vital part of the industry. You had to get your pre-orders in, so you had to know what was going on, so you had to have a date in mind already. Now these days, you don't. You don't need to pre-order games. You don't need to go walk into a GameStop and pre-order. You just go ahead and order it that day on Amazon. You walk into a Walmart. You walk into a Target. You go to Target.com, Walmart.com. You go to any of these internet outlets, GameStop.com. You go anywhere you want now, and you can order it, and you'll get it. Or you can just go ahead and get it right off the marketplaces for PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. You can order it right off there and download it. So you don't need to go ahead and go to all that trouble. The only gamers that really need to worry about that are ones interested in the collector's editions and things of that nature, where those sell out rather quickly for the most part. So I get those. But for the ones that are just regular gamers like you and I, where we don't buy the collector's editions for the most part, I think it's probably just something that we don't even worry about. Just tell us, like you said, three months ahead of time so we can plan, two months ahead of time so we can plan, so we know something's coming up. That's usually the only time frame that we need. That's when usually people start saving the money to go ahead and buy these games is within a two to three month span. So that's a great time to go ahead when you have a much better idea that you're going to go ahead and announce a release date at that point in time. So uh, i tell you what, I, I couldn't be in more agreement with what you were saying, man. Two to three months is just all we need for the most part. If people really want to play the game, they're going to buy it regardless of when it comes out. But if you have something and then you delay it, it's going to create bad faith in the game, and that's not what you want coming out of the gate. No, it isn't at all, and that's uh, disappointing to see all these game delays because, like I said, it only creates bad buzz for your game. I will say this, that when it comes to these manufacturers and these developers and these publishers, you got to go ahead and be more wise about announcing your product. You don't have to go ahead and do six to nine months to a year out anymore. Those days are gone. Three months is fine for most individuals out there. And, you know, if you're worried about selling the products, those collector's editions, whatnot, they usually sell out within seven to 10 days anyways, for the most part, if the game itself is hot. So I don't know. I just think the the mindset has to change. So these delays get less and less. And really, because that's the most disappointing thing to gamers. You know, this this polishing excuse that I've heard every single time, we need more time to polish the game, need more time to polish the game. There's only so much polish you can do. Just go ahead and, like I said, tell us within 90 days, and that's all we need. What are your thoughts out there on these game delays? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, it's been a great episode once again. I really want to thank you for joining us. Before we go on out, you know Sony, they did it again. They're bowing out of E3. Your thoughts on that, especially on a year where they're supposed to announce a new console. They have something up their sleeve, obviously, but I don't think we're ever going to see them back at E3 again. You know, they've kind of made their statement. E3 doesn't really align with their sales strategy. How long till Microsoft and Bethesda and Ubisoft back out? I don't know. Hopefully they stick around for a while. But Sony obviously has a plan. You know, they're using Gamescon. Will we ever see the, uh, you know, the conference format again with Sony? I don't know. I have my doubts about it. They're kind of spreading their trailer releases of their content out over, you know, all these different game conferences. But is this going to work out for them? We'll see. But uh, it's just I'm really doubting we're ever going to see them back at E3 again. And I'm curious, like, what their plan is, because it feels like this close to releasing a new console, the more publicity you get, the better. So what is their sales strategy? What are they thinking? What's going on in their heads right now? 
Well, I've said it before and I'll say it one more time. E3 is the best place to go for the, not just the games media, but for the general media around the world, because they go ahead, especially to report to investors, report to the general public about what's coming up and what's exciting in the video game world more than any other venue for video games. This is the place to be. And for Sony not to be a part of it again is another shameful thing. One more time. Hopefully they've got some great plans for the PS5, but unfortunately E3 won't be a part of it. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Hey, pardon interruption, but do you want to learn more about love, anger, happiness, music, time, space, and the human race? I hope you do, because I'm here to beg you to listen to Soul Forge Podcast. We're your weekly dose of life and living here on the ESO Network. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts and soulforgepodcast.com. A proud partner of the Rusted Robot Podcast here on the ESO Network. Let's find out together. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.